Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Polyglot Perspective podcast, hosted by me, Taylor. And me, Lily. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how you can be confident when speaking to native speakers. But before we get started, we would really appreciate it if you could take a few seconds to subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel, as well as leave us a great review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This would truly help us out a lot. Another reminder is that all of these podcast episodes will be available on our website at polyglotperspective.com. So please feel free to check it out. Thanks so much. And without further ado, please welcome our guest for Season 2, Episode 6 of the Polyglot Perspective Podcast, Sam. Sam Coates is a university student studying business analytics and accounting. Sam was born in New York, but moved to Jamaica as a toddler due to his family being Jamaican and returned to the U.S. at 14. Some of his hobbies include doing track, playing soccer, among other sports, and he is currently studying Japanese, Mandarin, Cantonese, Korean, and Spanish. Thanks so much for joining us today, Sam. And at the start of each episode, we have the guests introduce themselves in the languages that they're currently learning. So please introduce yourself. Thank you, Taylor and Lily. So first, I'm going to speak a little bit of Jamaican Patwa. So when we did little, we did move to Jamaica, come, my parents didn't come from Jamaica. We grew up there and in Uptown, I'm young, we, we chat Patwa, I'm chat English, but Patwa is my native language kind of because in Uptown, we chat Patwa about school, we learn English, so Patwa is my native language kind of. So now I'm going to speak Japanese. Mina san konnichiwa. Samu tomoshimasu. Eto lockdown de atarashi isho ni sagashitete. Now I will do Mandarin Chinese. Dajiahao,我叫三,我现在学习中文因为我觉得中文是一个非常有趣的语言。我喜欢中文因为 很多人会讲中文，比如说我去一个中国餐厅，我点一个中国人，我点菜用中文，然后我会用中文有几个几个聊天。好，Now I'm going to introduce myself in Cantonese. 大家好，我叫Mangyusan。依家我學廣東話，因為我覺得廣東話好聽。我學咗國語，但係我想學廣東話，因為太我嘅大學，我有幾個香港人朋友，佢哋唔識講，唔識講國語，但係佢哋識講廣東話，所以我想學廣東話
ahora es estudiando español. Thank you guys. That's my introduction. Wow, that was so good, <laughs> Sam. And it's so cool because, like, you know, um, me and you were learning a lot of the same languages. So it's so cool to hear you speak in different languages and see your progress in all of them. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really hard to see someone who can speak so much in so many different languages. So thank you so much for giving that effort. And it sounded great. And thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So let's just get started on the personal questions section. So we first asked, we first like to ask you, what was the transition from New York to Jamaica like? Yeah, so definitely. I moved from New York to Jamaica at a very young age. I was just a toddler, a couple weeks old. So I don't really have any memories of being in New York. So basically my life, as I remember, started in Jamaica. From my earliest memory was in Jamaica. So growing up in Jamaica, it was definitely a very interesting experience. I experienced a lot of different things that I would have experienced had I grown up in America. For example, my some of my cousins who are also Jamaican, but they grew up in America. In Jamaica, we have different things like sports day. Yeah, what do you feel like was the biggest thing you had to adjust to coming from like Jamaica back to the States? Because I I live in I live in I live on the East Coast, the Northeast. Yeah. And it's it can be very cold at times, definitely in the winter. In Jamaica it's a tropical climate, it's basically warm all year round. And I remember my first winter, it was it was unbearable almost. Like it was it was terrible. Like the cold was biting me so much. Like I would go outside in jeans and it's like the cold is just like seeping through the jeans, like like nothing at all. So that was definitely something I had to get used to. And now it's been about six years. So I'm kind of used to it now, but not completely. I still can't handle the cold weather sometimes. But I think besides that, the transition with everything else has been good. Um, going to school, like I just mentioned, the transition with that was fairly okay. Um, meeting new people, I was, I'm always like excited to meet new people, so I made a lot of new friends, especially friends from like different cultures and different backgrounds. Because in Jamaica, um, there's mostly like one cultural background because most people are Jamaican. But like when I came here, I met like a more diverse set of people, and it's always it's always exciting for me to meet new people. So that was great as well. Yeah, that sounds really great. Um, yeah, that seems so cool. <laughs> that um, like also commenting on the weather. Um, I don't know if Michigan and New York are the same, but like here we get like all the weathers. So like um, some people that are visiting, they're just like, oh my god, it's so freaking cold because they come yeah. from somewhere tropical. And like I understand, I heard that before. And I have yeah. another question about Jamaica. What are some of your favorite memories in Jamaica that you experienced? I grew up running track and playing soccer. And some of my greatest memories come from like the track competitions that we would have. We would have track meets and then there's something called champs. So there's prep champs, primary champs, and then there's boys and girls champs. And the, rival, the rivalries from with people from different schools are always like great. They're amazing. You would see your rival and then we would race and we would like have a great rivalry. And also a lot of my great memories are from school as well. Growing up with some of the best friends I've, the best friends I have, um, 
memories at school, playing together, doing class, classwork. Um, we'd always like go outside at lunchtime and like race, or we'd go outside and play soccer, or we just hang out. So those are some like cherished and valued memories that I still have to this day, and I'll have for a very long time. Also, hanging out with family and eating food. Um, going outside in the backyard. Oh, I, I always like went outside in my backyard with my sister. And we had two dogs back when we lived in Jamaica. And we'd always like just chill out with our dogs in the backyard. And we had like a lot of trees as well. We had like an ackee tree. And ackee is like a Jamaican fruit. Um, we had a soursop tree, another fruit, and an apple tree. And we'd like climb the trees and just hang out. I remember those days like before we had phones, like we, we would just like hang out and like go outside and play a lot. So those are some great memories. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, really great you experienced that. Um, so we'd now like to ask you a bit more about your language learning journey. So of course, we know you speak a lot of languages, but we want to know why exactly you started learning these languages. Um, how did you first become interested in learning different languages? Yeah, so when I was very young, I always had an interest in Japanese, but I never actually started to learn Japanese seriously until quarantine. And I was looking for new hobby, hobbies during quarantine. And I was watching a video on YouTube. It was like 13 things that exist in Japan that don't exist anywhere else. And I was like, you know what? Let me learn Japanese. Like I've always wanted to learn Japanese for a very long time, but I never actually did it. So I actually seriously started learning Japanese and that's how my interest grew, right? So I was learning Japanese and at the, at the, I started learning Japanese, and at the time, I thought that Japanese was going to be the only foreign language that I would decide to learn. But after like exploring, like I was very curious, I was exploring different languages, right? And I was looking into the connection that the Chinese characters that Japanese use, like how they're using Chinese and stuff like that. So then I started to learn Mandarin. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I started learning Mandarin, right? And... I had some experiences where I would go to practice my Mandarin and there would be Cantonese speakers and they wouldn't speak Mandarin, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, I might try out Cantonese, but I didn't, I wasn't going to like seriously learn Cantonese. But then um, I made some friends at my university who were from Hong Kong and they didn't speak Mandarin. They spoke Cantonese. I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually like learn Cantonese now. And I also had the interest in Korean because one of my friends, whose name is Alan, he wanted me to learn Korean. He's also in my Japanese language group, but he's also a Korean. He also speaks Korean. And I was like, you know what, let me learn Korean. I, I see a lot because there are a lot of similarities with Korean and Japanese, a lot of shared vocabulary, etc. I was like, you know what, let me learn Korean. But I wasn't going to take it seriously at the beginning, but I just kept, I just kept on going. I just kept on going and I couldn't stop. So that's how I started learning Korean. And for Spanish, this is an interesting one because I took Spanish classes. I've taken several Spanish classes before, but I, at the time I was only like learning it to pass tests. I wasn't really using Spanish. So I have a lot of passive knowledge of Spanish, but I've been trying to like, recently I've been trying to like revive my Spanish and 
use my Spanish. So like at this point, when I listen to Spanish, I could understand some portions of it, but when I speak, I'm not that very good yet. So I'm starting to like get back into Spanish so I could revive that passive knowledge that I have and use it actively. So, yeah. Yeah, I really liked how you mentioned the difference between like understanding a language when you can like listen to it and also like being able to communicate back and forth because that's just like showing you like different stages you go through when learning a language. Um, so yeah, that's really great. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting experience how, you know, you just came into contact. kind of reminds me of like Lily's story. How you guys both came into contact with different languages in your daily life. And that's just what inspired you guys to learn more, um, which is really great. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like when I was listening to your story, I'm just like, hey, are you copying me, Sam? I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, for example, um, I've tried to practice languages in my daily life. And then they're just like, oh, I don't speak that language. I speak Cantonese or, oh, I speak Korean. I'm Korean or like different obstacles where you can't actually communicate with people. And then you're just like, some other people would get angry and say, huh, why don't they know English? They're in America. But with us, we're just like, Hmm, I should learn their language so we can communicate. Exactly, exactly. And going back to um, speaking with natives, not everyone's so confident when speaking to natives because they're more afraid. It's actually normal to be afraid when speaking with strangers in general, whether it be in your native language or your target language. And we also get the feel that we can't make mistakes and some people are embarrassed to make mistakes and they want to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. So Sam, can you tell us a little bit about your interest in talking about confidence with native speakers and your personal experience um, with speaking with natives? Yes, most definitely. So I'm comfortable with speaking with native speakers because I got inspiration from like watching a lot of language YouTubers. And they would just go around and talk to people, even if they learned a language for a very short time with a little bit that they know they'd use that. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I want to try that out as well. And um, having, like, in, in terms of, like, making mistakes, like, I know that I'm not perfect and I'm going to make mistakes anyways, but I know that using the language is the opportunity to get better because if I don't use it, um, I'm not going to improve. So that's basically my motivation for like speaking with natives, native speakers, because I know that having a, com and also having a successful conversation with a native speaker is so rewarding. Like you feel so good. Like I actually spoke with a native speaker in this language. So having those experience definitely motivates me to speak with native, native speakers. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said about making mistakes. Speaking at the end of the day just comes down to communication and understanding the other person. So as long as you guys understand each other, whether or not your grammar is perfect or your vocab is perfect, I think the conversation is still successful as long as you guys are on the same page and understand each other. Yeah, so can you guys talk a little bit, um, Sam first, can you talk about some times where you stepped out of your comfort zone and decided to take that step and talk to a native in one of the languages you were learning? Yeah, definitely. Um, this happens a lot, but recently, so Korean is one of my less proficient languages. And there's actually a Korean restaurant like two minutes away from where I live. So I go there sometimes to get food because their food is really good. And I, I, I wanna speak Korean when I go there. So my Korean is not that great, but when I 
go there, I try to at least have a small conversation in Korean. I've had some times where they would respond to me. I would understand anything that they say, and I would have to end up speaking English. But I still, I still count it as a win because I went there. I actually got to speak some Korean, so I thought that it was a good experience overall. So yeah, and also in the languages I'm more comfortable in, like Japanese. When I speak to Japanese people, um, it's a lot. I'm a lot less concerned about like what they're gonna reply to me with because I understand more of the language. So, and I can try to figure out stuff that I don't know by context. Like if they say a word to me and I don't understand, I can figure it out by context. So I think that's also a different and interesting experience. So. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, yeah, I also like how you mentioned the fact that it depends on the language. It that depends on the language that you're learning and your proficiency in the language, like how you speak to natives and your confidence when speaking. Because like, let's say you started learning Spanish a week ago and now you try to go to a Spanish restaurant and speak Spanish, your confidence probably wouldn't be very high because you don't know much yet. Um, but yeah, like you said, with Japanese, you have more proficiency and therefore a little added bonus with confidence as well. Yeah, definitely. For me, because um, New York is so diverse, I like to take advantage of it because, like, on my street, like literally close to me, I have like five different language restaurants, six different language restaurants that I can go to, like literally um, three minutes away, and I'm I try to um, step out of my comfort zone. And before I was um, like you, I couldn't understand a lot of Spanish, but when I spoke it. I was just like, um, um, I'm so afraid that we'll, they'll judge me for my gringo accento. Ay, Dios mío. That was gringo accento. But <laughs> accento gringa. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't want to speak with people, but um, I started my challenge of speaking Spanish every day. And like I've been speaking more and more. And then I start from stuttering and stuff and like saying, oh, what the hell are they saying to? Yes, I understand. So that's pushing my um, boundaries just by doing this um, challenge about speaking to Spanish speakers and also about the level thing. Yeah, I totally understand. If you're a lower level, then you really don't know how to converse. And maybe you're personality is a little different because you're more agreeable you're just like yes 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 even though you don't know what you're yesing to but um yeah definitely you and if you make a mistake then you might feel embarrassed but um at the end of the day actually a lot of these instances help our communication so we know what should we do better next time what should we study next time yeah definitely yeah i definitely feel that as well yeah so for me, I don't necessarily have that many experiences where I actually did go like in public, let's say to a restaurant or things like that. But um, in my neighborhood, there's a lot of people who speak Mandarin and there are also a lot of people who speak Spanish. So that's very convenient for me because those are the two languages I'm learning. Um, so through that, usually what I do um, is like whenever I see someone speaking a language, I don't necessarily go up to them, but I do like hear their conversation. And if they needed any help or anything like that, then I do go up to them and ask them. There has been a few instances um, in public, but more recently, I think I've spent more time with natives like online um, talking to them. And that for me has been really fulfilling. And I've got to learn more about them, their culture. And I think it's a really great cultural exchange opportunity as well. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And um and maybe you're not as extroverted as Sam or me or Taylor. Um maybe you're more introverted and you're afraid to talk, but um language learning is like taking your first baby steps. You don't go all the way to walking immediately and trying to go to your local supermarket and speak to the cashier in your target language. You can instead practice by listening and then speaking first. And you can also utilize resources like YouTube videos, podcasts, music, and any other auditory mediums you like. A really good method that I use is shadowing. So you basically, um, oh, actually, um, Sam, do you know what shadowing is? Yeah. Uh, can you explain it? Yeah, definitely. So shadowing is like when you're listening to an audio clip and you're repeating the same words as the audio clip is saying to try to get the your, get the pronunciation, the accent, or just to practice speaking in general. Mm-hmm. And why is like shadowing so good? What do you think about shadowing? I think that shadowing is good because, for example, you're getting that you're getting. It's definitely a good. Um, method of practicing speaking, especially if it, if you're shadowing a native speaker, you get to you're basically saying what the native speaker is saying. I think that helps with your, I think it helps with like the dynamics of like your speech and um, trying to sound like the native speaker. So it's definitely something that's beneficial if you're trying to get more trying to get better at speaking, basically. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think shadowing is a really great tool to help your pronunciation, especially for languages that are very different from your native language. So my native, my native language is English. And when I shadow Mandarin TV shows or Korean TV shows, it's a lot easier that way to fix my pronunciation and find any holes in it because I'm constantly listening to native speakers talk. Um, yeah. And so... Some other things you can do along your journey to taking baby steps to eventually get there to talking to a native in your target language is also coming up with random scenarios re related to your life to talk about. And you can talk about that to yourself or you can write in your diary or you can do anything pretty much by yourself that gets you a little bit more confidence um, speaking the language and just using that language on a daily basis. And once you've built your foundation in your target language, then you can start off small, maybe go to your supermarket. And then instead of, you know, having a full blown conversation with the cashier, you can just maybe ask them how their day was or ask them how much money um, your total was for that day. And then once you feel comfortable, you can move up from there and then get involved with more long and deeper conversations. Yeah, uh, also as a cashier myself, um, you can talk to us and you can practice your languages, especially if they're in a, a Korean supermarket or Chinese supermarket. They would really appreciate it. Like just you could be like, uh, I, I have a Korean supermarket actually near me. So I'd be like, 안녕하세요, <laughs> like, hello, how are you? Good. You can just do the basics because one, that's free language practice. Two, they can't just ignore you. So <laughs> you have your practice right there. Yeah. And also, um, just to stress again, you don't need to be perfect, um, but you can just try to build a basic level of comprehension before you decide to actually speak to natives, since this will improve your chances of having successful conversations when you actually understand each other and you have more capabilities. Yeah, so as I mentioned, um, I have another question to ask for you guys. 
have there been any sort of setbacks that you've had when speaking to natives or like times when you failed to muster up the courage um, to talk to a native or when you did talk to a native, but the experience didn't go very well, you guys didn't really understand each other. Have there ever been times when you both felt like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely um, more in the beginner stages where I would say stuff and mess up. And also there was one experience only one experience that I've had that didn't go so well with a native speaker. They just told me that um, they only speak the language to the people that speak that, but that was that wasn't anything that too serious. Yeah, uh, so I just shipped that off and then went somewhere else, and um, I basically forgot about that. I only really remember that when like I'm asked specifically about experiences. So I didn't really let that affect me because I was just one person out of like many people who I've spoken to and have great experiences with so yeah damn really oh my gosh wait um that's I'm so sorry for that like wow usually um native speakers they're very happy about you learning their languages but like that experience that that must have got you down does it like um a little bit but when you have um conversations that don't go as well does it bring down your day or like uh, like what do you feel how do you feel um when I have conversations that don't go so well, I just like try to remember like I have friends that speak the language, so I could just like talk to them. So if I'm like stepping out and trying to speak to like a stranger, I understand that everyone's different. Maybe somebody's day is not going well, and I don't know. I don't know what like everyone's going through. So maybe someone's like going through something, and they just don't feel like talking. But um, I don't. I try to think on like the stuff that people could be experiencing and try not to like personalize or take it personal or anything like that. Yeah, I really like how you mentioned that. That's a really great way to view the situation and have a different perspective on things. Because I know a lot of people, I mean, myself included, probably a lot of us when talking to someone and maybe someone doesn't understand you, Anita doesn't understand you, or they don't want to talk that day or having a bad day. And then you tend to take it personally. You're, you're like, oh, is my you know language skills, are they not good enough? Or should I not be doing this? Um, yeah, we tend to take things personally a lot of the time. And like you mentioned, it's always better to step back for a little bit and realize that everyone has their own uh, problems that they're dealing with on a daily basis and it's not necessarily your fault or anyone's fault in that situation yeah and um also about the beginner stage um when talking that's also when i made a lot of mistakes too like for example chinese um well you probably relate to it because you're chinese too um being half chinese them taylor but um like people expect you to be perfect at chinese because you're um from that you're a descendant of China. So um, for me, um, an embarrassing like failure language learning language conversation, I guess would be when I tried to talk to a Chinese person, um, like they knew I was adopted and stuff, but then like I tried to speak to them. It's like, <laughs> like just some random small talk, like how's the weather? And then they just looked at me like I was like, crazy or whatever like, like i don't know like did i say it wrong or something and then there's like oh good good it's very hot today and they respond in english punch back you know when people respond in english too and then they just looked at me weird and then just walked away or whatever back into their house and i'm just like oh, i feel so bad did i say something wrong is my chinese that shit but um like that's also when like 
you try you put yourself out there but then people like they don't acknowledge you or like try with you like that also feels a little embarrassing like have you had that experience like where you're trying to speak your speak the target language and then they slap you back with english or they just ignore you sam yes all the time all the time <laughs> <I've had. laughs> so many times where people respond to me in english like i have a friend at my school um his name is zach and he's chinese he speaks chinese he has not once spoken to me in chinese he always responds to me in english and i never i never said to him like Zach, why don't you respond to me in Chinese? Like, I just left him alone. Like, I speak to him in Chinese. He understands what I'm saying. Like, he responds in English every single time. So, I I guess like I don't know. I don't know if he just like doesn't want to talk Chinese or, but yeah, I also had like other experiences, especially online when I'm trying to practice, especially like language exchange. Like when I'm doing language exchange, for example. The other day I was doing a Korean language exchange and I was speaking in Korean and we had a status that, all right, we're going to talk English and then we'll talk, we'll talk Korean, right? And then we're speaking English and then I tried to speak Korean after and like, they said one thing to me in Korean and then I responded in Korean. I, I continued speaking Korean, right? And then they spoke English to me for the rest of the time. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, was my Korean that bad? Like, I feel like sometimes when <laughs> I feel like sometimes when I say something incorrect, like they refer to English. I've had experiences too with like Chinese, where I'd say something like we'd be talking in Chinese, I'd say something slightly wrong or something like that, and then they speak to me in English, and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely feel like every everyone who's tried to reach out and speak to natives and their their target language um, has definitely experienced that. And I don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing or anything like that. I think it's because, you know, I think it's more of a like a language exchange type of situation. We want to speak Korean because we want to practice our Korean, but they also want to speak English because they want to practice their English. So I feel like that's kind of what happens in those situations. Um, yeah, so with my personal experience, but yeah, like Lily mentioned, since I'm also part Chinese and I was not born speaking the language, like I'm not bilingual by birth or anything like that. Um, I had to learn the language myself as well. And so through that, I think both of us have probably felt similar experiences. Like whenever I go to a Chinese supermarket, everyone always assumes that I'm, I'm already can speak Chinese and that like I'm a native because based on what we look like, right? So they come out speaking like fluent Mandarin to me. And then this is back a few years ago when I didn't know any Mandarin at all. So then I would just have to reply, oh, sorry, I don't know. And like, I cannot tell you how many times that happened to me. Or I just went to a supermarket or like any place where there were like Chinese people and they've tried to speak to me in the language, which um, I mean is valid, but um, yeah, I think there's those type of situations where being an American, you we feel like a little bit disconnected from our cultural roots, especially if we haven't learned the language um, growing up. So that's kind of like my experience as well. But through learning Mandarin, I think it was really great to get more in touch with my culture. 
um, and learn more about my culture through the language and learn uh, more about history that way as well. In regards to having the confidence to speak to natives is just to try and try again because practice definitely does make you better and make you a lot more comfortable. So let's say you did all the previous steps we mentioned and had that conversation with a native speaker, but they didn't understand you. That's totally fine. I'm pretty sure we've all been there at least one time. And the best thing you can do at that point is just to practice some more and then try again. Because chances are, the more you try, the better of a chance you'll have to actually understand each other and have a successful conversation. And you'll also likely find that the more you speak the language, the more comfortable you will be. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Sam, can you give our viewers and listeners advice on how they can be more confident when speaking to native speakers? Yes, definitely. So being confident, like building up the courage to speak with native speakers, definitely have in mind that we know that we're not perfect in the language, but it's very rewarding when we're able to have, even if it's a small conversation with a native speaker, we can see that we're making progress in the language and it's definitely something that motivates us to continue. And most of the time, I say almost all of the time, native speakers will be very happy to hear you speak the language, especially if they don't expect you to speak the language. They're going to be very happy. They're going to definitely give you a lot of compliments and it's definitely going to be something that's encouraging to you to continue to learn the language and to learn at a better proficiency. So definitely having the courage to speak to native speakers has its rewards and benefits because you know that you're going to get the experience that you want and you're also going to get encouragement and motivation to continue learning the language. Great. So for the last section of our podcast episode today, um, we would like to ask you a few questions that we got from some of our followers on Instagram. So the first question we have for you is, what do you like about accounting? And would you shortly explain what you have learned about accounting? Wow, that's an interesting question. So <laughs> what I like about accounting, so I like, I like financial statements. I like to know how cash flow of a company works, like there are different like types of accounting and knowing the different types of accounting and the different kinds of cash flows that the company uses. And sorry, what was the second part of the question? What I've learned about accounting is um, it's definitely essential to know how a company is performing financially. So accounting and finance are kind of intertwined, but you could go into finance through accounting, but you can't go into accounting through finance. So accounting serves as kind of a foundation to more financial aspects of a company. So if you understand accounting, you could have a great understanding of a company's financials and how a company's performance is going based off of the accounting methods. So, yeah. Okay, I was just gonna say that was really interesting, non-language related um, question um, that I thought was interesting to bring up, okay. Um, I'm currently doing an internship, but that it doesn't require any foreign languages. But for the next, like, progressing in my career, I definitely want to use the languages. For example, I was having a conversation with my mom yesterday, actually. She was like, Sam, you should, you should apply to, like, do an internship in Japan or work in Japan. I'm like, yeah, most definitely I would love to do that. And definitely want to, like, use the languages and probably, like, travel and work in different places or, like, do internships in different places. Um, I didn't have the chance to study abroad because of the pandemic but if i get the opportunity again I'd definitely like to study abroad and have that experience as well 
and essentially using the using my languages in the career specific career that I want to go in because I'm in my primary major is business analytics. I'm also doing economics as well, but business analytics. And I like to do a lot of analytical based things. So I feel like if I were to also incorporate my languages into that, it would definitely be more enjoyable for me, even though I already enjoy what I do. I think it would be more enjoyable if I could use the languages that I'm learning that I like a lot. So languages can be applied to anything that you want to major in or anything you want to do in the future. I feel like languages can always be added onto that and combined to, you know, please both of your interests, I guess. A phrase I, I, I really like is a Jamaican patchwork phrase. It's, it goes, Willikubawitalawa. You guys heard Willikubawitalawa. So what that means is we're little, but we're very strong. We're very resilient and we're able to accomplish anything that we set our minds to accomplish. So I love that. So well, that ra- about wraps it up for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. It was really great talking to you and, of course, learning about your language learning journey. Um, it was really fascinating learning about all the different languages that you're learning, and we wish you the best. So have a great day, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here, and thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great day as well.